0: Welcome to the podcast, To Be Named Later, where we explore the world a conversation at a time. Sit back and enjoy. Here are your hosts, Chris and Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, To Be Named Later. Once again, here I am with my co-host, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kelly. How you doing, my friend? Pretty good. Quite an exciting weekend of playoff football, eh?
1: Yeah, we're hitting the I mean this is it, man. I mean, the last week is uh widely considered um, by by a bunch to be uh the the actual pinnacle of it, uh, of what the season has to offer as far as um, you know, being four games and and the you know, the the final eight teams and uh but yeah, I mean, you know, good games last week and uh and then, you know, I think we got in my opinion, the four best teams uh, still alive, which is always nice, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here.
0: I always, like I said last week, I always find these couple weeks really the best two weekends of football. Last weekend, because you still got several games, I mean, this is for all intents and purposes, the last weekend of normal football, you know, even though it's not 100% normal, but it's the championships, and then you get into Super Bowl hype. It's also amazing how quick it goes. You know, only a couple of weeks ago, we started out with 14 teams. And, you know, everybody had their darling stories, you know, of 14 teams making the playoffs. And lots of excitement and all of that. And, you know, we had playoff card weekend. And several of those were kicked out of the tournament. Six of them uh you know and then we had our eight teams and all the stories and the hot teams and this weekend four more were kicked out
1: yeah so uh you know like kind of like what you said man i mean there's a lot of unknowns heading in right and uh a lot of good stories and i mean still good stories but um you know the, the the cream really rose to the top in this one and i think uh you know while there were some cool stories and, and like a lot of uh, you never knows you know um the the favorites and the better teams ended up prevailing um not necessarily the uh all the be, uh odds favorites but um you know teams like the Bengals. i'm kind of referring to the bengals bills game you know the the bengals and the bills were pretty evenly matched teams and no surprise that the bengals won um, i wouldn't have been surprised if the bills won I'm actually surprised at the performance they put on. Um, looked a little uninspired to me. Um, where the Bengals showed up ready, the Bills not so much. But well, we can dive into those.
0: Yeah, So and then I'll just say this, right? So even though we have four right now, you know, come Sunday night we'll have two. And so two more of those stories will come to an end. And uh, come Super Bowl, you know, only one uh, one story will kind of be remembered. So, let's have at it. Let's talk about this past weekend's games. Why don't you kick us off, Chris, and pull them up, and we'll walk through them.
1: All right, I'll let you start us off, Kelly. We got uh, Jaguars played at the Chiefs. Uh, give, Give me your thoughts on that one.
0: Yeah, so this is probably one of the more interesting games, and not because of what happened in the score, but what happened to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we were talking last week, you know, about uh, how elite he is, and he does so many things that you uh, almost forget how good they are. But uh, what we don't know, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday evening, uh, is what's the status of his ankle going to be, because you certainly saw when he cannot move around, uh, the team is uh, very different. Yes, they still scored and they still won, but it is not the same Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've I've had this conversation, um, and I feel bad, man. I you know I want to give a, I'm sorry to Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, all last podcast I was talking about you know the Jaguars' easiest path to vi- path to victory was from Mahomes to get hurt, and at one point I even said like, hey man, I'm not trying to manifest this or anything. You know, what I mean I'm just saying that's like the one path that they have. Um, and, uh, you know, as I I was saying that, (laughs) I'm like, man, I'm not trying to put that out in the, in the universe or anything. Uh, and, um, yeah. So with regards to Mahomes mobility, you know, I, I firmly believe that is the, the one aspect that makes the chiefs offense unstoppable. Right. So they, uh, have, have the best offense in the league. Um, but the. Andy Reid is an excellent coach, you know X's and O's and scheme. Um, he's a he's a great motivationer, uh, motivator of men. Um, on and on. Patrick Mahomes is a great thrower of the football, and he has uh, adequate weapons. Uh, I wouldn't call what he has at the skill positions uh, elite, but um they're adequate. You know, Kelsey's definitely elite, but that's that's one dude. Um, but what what really Uh, keeps drives alive what really separates them and is the one x factor on that team is his mobility and it's it's kind of underrated and he doesn't use it a lot during the regular season he doesn't need to a lot of times they're blowing teams out so you know he's not uh fighting for every yard in every game over the course of a season but in the playoffs when all the teams are, are you know are the best that the league has to offer he uses that regularly and not just scrambling for first downs but also just to you know buy time um you know all of these defenses that remain are pretty solid uh and you know you got you got to be able to get around in the pocket and get out of the pocket and and stay mobile and move around and uh, i don't think he's gonna be able to do any of that so
0: so let's dig in a little bit on that chris again uh maybe you can give our podcast listeners especially you know those who don't see like me uh Describe a little more about how, if you can, less movement you were able to see in Mahomes, and what 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 was different about him with this ankle injury, and just how he looked different in the game.
1: Well, I I mean, I'll give it to you in in terms of a real like nuts and bolts. So the NFL pocket is probably somewhere in the range of uh, eight to to twelve, maybe fifteen feet. Like a semicircle, okay. So it depends, um, you know, how the defensive line lines up and, and where they attack from and everything. So the pocket isn't like a true horseshoe. It's you know, it's kind of distorted. The, the they they may overload the right side, so it could be um, you know, kind of cattywampus, right? It might be a little circle on the left and a straight line on the right. You know, well, uh, what quarterbacks need to have the ability to do is move side to side, up and back. Because the, the pocket is ever-changing, right? You have grown men on both sides of the ball. You know, one, one side's trying to get to him, um, and the other side's trying to prevent it. And in, in that wrestling scrum, there's movement. You know, uh, guys give up ground. You know, uh, a guy may shove a guy a little bit to the right. Um, it's not just straight straight at each other. and It doesn't uh, – uh, nothing's a straight line, right? So when the defensive end attacks the, the offensive tackle – it's, it's not like he's either winning the battle and going straight at the quarterback or losing the battle and, and and the tackles pushing him straight away from the quarterback it's more a little bit of a uh um there's a kind of a wash right and and so there's movement right to left and the quarterback needs to be able to go up back side to side and stay inside that little eight 10 foot horseshoe you know and um and that horseshoe moves a little bit and that's that's what he didn't have the ability to do the other thing that was uh uh, really challenging for him, and I think it's going to be worse. Um, the other thing that was really challenging was so they have what are called stretch plays, and they they run different ways. That there's um, man blocking schemes, zone blocking schemes. Um, you know, sometimes you'll you'll down block and pull a tight end, or, or you may down block like meaning uh, the the guard and the say let's say say the right guard and the center they're going to double-team like a nose tackle, let's say, okay, if, if you're in like a 3-4. They'll double-team the nose tackle. They'll make sure that they get a good seal there. And then the tackle will a lot of times leave the end all alone, and he may go pick up a, a, like a linebacker or something. And then you'll have the other tackle from the other side. When the ball snap, he'll start running to where the play's about to go, and his job is to pick up the guy who's left – who's left you know a lot of times it'll be like a defensive end he'll just be standing there and uh that tackle who's pulling his job is to to blast him out of the way so when the guard and the tackle are black or, or the, i'm sorry the guard in the center are blocking to the left and the other tackle is has gone and picked up like an end or a safety or, or like a middle linebacker then that pulling tackle um he'll he'll create the hole right and then the running back should run in between uh, that lane that's created ideally you know if it's if everyone does their job right well the, the quarterback on those stretch plays depending on how it's designed um you can get you can uh you can get better lanes if the running back like runs at a 45 degree angle let's say to his right in the in the the play that i just described he's running um to his to his right but he's going to do it at a 45 degree angle if he yeah. runs forward first it, it makes the uh it jams everything up it's the play's not as effective well the problem is the the Patrick Mahomes snaps the ball behind the center and then that 45 degree angle that that running back's taken Mahomes has to has to you know run the hypotenuse of it or whatever if you if you want to call it you know what i mean uh, he has to run one of the sides and he can't do that he can't get there fast enough and this plays all timing and so uh because at least in the game that was a real problem he couldn't get there he was he was at, literally hopping on one leg a couple of times where you know he'd take the snap and then he'd hop on one foot and you you just can't get there fast enough and accurately place the ball in the running back's hands where it needs to be so there's no fumbles and things and um from everything i've heard and for, and, and from my understanding so basically you know he had uh, a high ankle sprain okay and, you know, if you're a defensive end or, or uh, an offensive lineman, um, someone who's going basically straightforward, uh, it's still a really painful, difficult injury, right? But you can tape that thing up real tight, um, you know, basically put your leg in a cast for the most part, and uh, you're not going to be as effective as you would if you didn't have the injury, but it's not it's not the end of the world. Um, and for a quarterback as well it's like okay you know it's real painful they'll take care of that with with some modern medicine but um you know for a skill position player that high uncle ankle sprain is a month to i mean it could be seven weeks man so you don't have any of the lateral movement at all and uh you know the 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 more you need to move laterally the 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 less effective you're going to be and a quarterback is somewhere in the middle. He's definitely not a running back. It's not as devastating as a running back or, or, a, or a wide receiver, but you know, he needs to move side to side, and uh, he's not going to be able to do that at all. And so when he got hurt on, on um, Saturday in that game, with Jacksonville, he was able to continue through that game um and and all the the medical um professionals that i've listened to have said yeah and even the the ex-players who have had that injury they say i mean you can finish the game that's that's you know it hurts but it's not the end of the world what what kills you is the next day you can't walk the next day sure and and
0: that's what worries me about his ability i mean emotion adrenaline to get through that game right is one mm -hmm. thing but now depending on the nature of that injury uh, you know, I think most of us have twisted or sprained an ankle in some fashion. Not, you know, and you know, you go to sleep in that next day, boy, that first step, uh, it is intense pain and that doesn't heal overnight. And so, uh, and he won't have that same adrenaline and I know it's a playoff game. You know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that, so I, to me, on that game, All bets are off once that happened. I mean, they still won. I expected them to win, but uh, I'm more, and we'll get into that when we talk about these upcoming games, but I think on that first game, it's more, like I said, about what happened to Mahomes than anything else I can take away from the game itself. I mean, I said Jacksonville's an up-and-coming team. I think they're still an up-and-coming team, but I also think that we saw this was the game that was too big for them. They played at times well, at other times not so well. And I think that, you know, we just saw that they've got to climb that next mountain still.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's exactly it. And you and I talked about this. I think this, you know, this is just a uh, a team who's been here um, consistently. They've been at the top of the mountain. Um, they've had all of these experiences. They've gotten everything fine-tuned uh, as far as their team is concerned, or organization is concerned, they the Kansas City Chiefs are, are built for these games, and they're ready for them, they expect to be here, and they expect to play well in them, because they have in the past, whereas the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is all, like, n- new territory for them, and uh, I think you saw it, I think the, Ch- the Chiefs are just a better team, and um, you know, credit to Jacksonville, though, man, I mean, you know, they, they gave it all they had, and, uh, You know, if they can make a couple of the right moves, I think they're just like a lot of other teams. You know, there's a lot of other teams that are just like the Jaguars. Uh, You know, you could you could put the Giants in that category. You could put the Jets in that category. You could put the Detroit Lions in that category. There's a lot of teams that are about this good. That if they if they push the right buttons in the off season, they they acquire the right talent. They make the right moves. then you know they can can be be competing for a super bowl next year and you know some of them will and and some of them won't i will just have to wait and see if jacksonville is one of the people who push the right buttons because they're close they just you know they're just not quite there yet
0: yeah i mean there's probably uh four to five elite teams another six to eight that are at that next level and they can go either way they can take another step up uh and Jacksonville's definitely in that second group, uh, and really, you know, we can move on after this. But uh, again, I think they did an astounding job at and recovering from the chaos of the year before, really put a solid foundation in place, and uh, I'm optimistic for their future. Yeah, me too. And as,
1: at another point, you know, maybe uh, preseason next year we can get in or, or maybe even around draft time we could talk about some of the things. I mean, I have some ideas on what Jacksonville could do very easily uh, to step up a level. Theoretically, anyway, you still got to put it on the field. But, um, you know, they go get another, like, true number one. You know, Stock Hopkins might be available. Um, you get a guy like that, and, uh, and now all of a sudden – um, that passing game is elite, you know, and, and you're competing with the, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, who have Chase and, and uh, Higgins and Boyd and Hurst, you know. Uh, but what makes Cincinnati so difficult is they do have a Chase, a, a game-breaker, you know, a, a DeMonte Adams type, you know, and, and I think that's what, one of the moves that Jacksonville can make. But we'll talk about that another time. So let's go to the next Saturday game. Okay, so Saturday was the Giants and the Eagles in the divisional uh, game. This was the least compelling of all the games right from go. Um, Here
0: here is one where I'll say I was just plain wrong. Um, Not that about the outcome, but I'll say this. Philadelphia answered a question that I wasn't sure about. Uh, Last week I said I didn't know uh, with that kind of month off of their high performance what they'd be able to do here. Uh, I think they answered that question resoundingly.
1: Agree entirely, and that was my big question. I think that was everyone's big question is you got one team who's got some good momentum, um, had gone into Minnesota and and had been kind of uh, peaking, and then the other team who had been better all year but had put the car in park. So, you know, you got one car who's, you know, clearly faster than the other, but the other one's got a rolling start, you know, and and the faster car needs to start from park, you know, are they going to be able to get up and running? Now I know you got the faster car, but are you going to win the race? Given the fact that this other cars are already had, you know, already in second gear when the race started and um, yeah. Eagles just let us know like, yeah, no, nah, we're, we're plenty fast, but <laughs> so they came out and just, just whooped their tails right from go. You know, the question was, is Hurst healthy? Uh, is Lane Johnson healthy? And as a team as a whole, are, are they uh, up and ready and, and back to um, being who they've been all year? And, and right from go, they just said, yep, we're good. And
0: they, Yeah, I mean, they gave they it to New York every way uh, possible. And New York didn't do itself any favors, whatever magic and skills they had. Um, you always say, you know, uh, like, did we play Portage? Did the other team beat us, combination of both? But uh, this was... Uh, Again, other than answering the question of can Philadelphia do it, I mean, this was Philadelphia like we saw for the first, you know, two-thirds or three-fourths of the season. And uh, this was more like the Giants of – I won't say, you know, we don't know at all, but they they reverted back a little bit. So uh, enough on that game. I think uh, really going to be curious for your take on Philadelphia versus San Francisco when we get to the – uh, next week's games
1: yeah I'm curious on yours as well so all right well enough said about that game let's get into the Bengals and Bills um that was the first game on Sunday uh Bengals walk away with a 27-10 win and it, it you know you, you hear it say like uh you know th- this is one where um like the Jacksonville and Chiefs game the twenty to twenty seven, it kinda of told the story. Like, yeah, man, it was a good game. Like, you know, but the Chiefs are always a step ahead, you know, and it was like, Yeah, Jaguars are trying, but yeah, it's just the game was, you know, never really in doubt, but but they were close and the twenty to twenty seven really kind of told the story of the game. And the Bengals twenty seven, Bills ten really didn't tell the story of the game. The Bengals went in there and just whooped their tails every which way. And
0: uh Well from you know, the opening kickoff. Uh basically the Bengals Chris picked up where they left off at the game that got, um, stopped. Yeah. And you're I think exactly right. I think had that game continued and again, more power to, uh, Damar, uh, all signs are that recovery is going well, but had that game continued, I really think this is the game we would have seen.
1: Yeah. And I can't say uh, enough how impressed I am. With the Bengals as a whole, you know, and I think they're really riding that uh, disrespect card, and 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 rightfully so. You know, they just don't get talked about, or haven't been talked about. Now they are. Now they're getting talked about in the same in the same manner. But it's always been Chiefs and Bills, and then well, maybe the Bengals are pretty good too. And all throughout the season, it's always been you know Bills, Chiefs, and well, and, and yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, you never know. And and I think they've clearly stated at this point like dude i how why are we not the the most feared in 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 the afc i mean we beat kansas city three times in a row um we went to the super bowl last year like how come we're like the you know the little baby brother and 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 when, when we keep beating everyone
0: they're definitely executing at a high level and the thing i like um and sometimes this can happen Um, So we've talked repeatedly about um, kind of one of their challenges had been their offensive line. And then they built a line or did a lot of work, had a line playing well together, uh, you know, for a big part of the season, and then basically had a bunch of injuries. But I think that what can happen is once a group, Obviously not as well as if it never happened, but once a group starts performing at a new level of precision, I think that there's just something about that level of perfection that we were seeing from their lines, that uh, the offensive line, that when new players step in to replace somebody, even if it's more than one, sometimes that causes those new people to rise up more than they would have. And I think that's what we're seeing with their line right now.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, all the components, you know, let, let's say a football team was a car, you know, and, you know, it wasn't wasn't running good, wasn't idling well, or, or you were having a problem with, let's say the line was the transmission or, or whatever, right, and you're working on that. But in the meantime, you're making sure that the air pressure is right and all the tires, you're making sure that, you know, all the other components that go into it and – what they had to do was make some adjustments. Um, Burrow gets that ball out of his hand really quick, and I think that was a result. I mean, he's a nat- naturally quick-release guy anyway, uh, and kind of always has been, but I think they kind of tailored, tailored the offense. To more of like, hey man, let's get this ball out of his hand. He's getting he's getting destroyed out here. You know, the first month of the season, actually dating back to last year, it's like, dude, we got it. we we cannot get our franchise guy sacked seven times a game every game for a season. And so, you know, the the offense kind of made some alterations. Meanwhile, the the line's still getting better and improving, and and um, they're still working on their craft. You know, a little bit each week. And now, you, I think you're spot on. I think that the team as a whole can absorb, you know, the, the, obviously they wouldn't like to lose anyone, but they'd want to have their starters, but the team as a whole can absorb um, like the loss of a player
0: or two a little bit better now. So, you know, and again, I'd say the bills and who knows, I mean, they, they they expended a lot of energy outside of the football arena. Uh, I just think they, they've lost the emotional part. And I'll always tell you, you know, uh a big part of sports is emotion. I think they lost a little uh not saying they can't get it back next year, but they were just not inspired in that game at the level I would have or I'll say I think they needed to be to make it more competitive.
1: Yeah, and uh you know while we're on this game, man, I just want to just how impressed I want to say how impressed I am with Joe Burrow and just the dude, dude, I mean Joe Cool is just the perfect moniker for him because he that dude is uh just nothing bothers that guy man and he walks with like the the just the finest line between being cocky arrogant you know unlikable and um and, and then just being confident and 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 believing in himself and his team and everything, and he just stays like a, a just a hair under the line, and it makes him incredibly likable. And just like it's just hard not to respect the guy, man. His belief in himself, his belief in his team, it's just you can just you can see it. It's it's it's
0: like almost tangible, man. And uh um, yeah, I like just, the guy. I like his I like his personality. Um, I think that he. He doesn't come off as cocky, he comes off as confident, uh, but you know, not brash and he and he speaks with respect to the competition. Yeah. And the other people. Um and I, I love that man. Hey, if you can Are go you into too? the arena and you know what you can do and you do it well, uh, but you don't you your success doesn't come at the belittling belittling of the opponent or at being brash and just playing a jerk, uh, you know, seems like a good dude.
1: I think I think people respond to that. I think that's. I mean, it just goes to show, man, when you find the right guy, what what it does for a franchise. Uh, I mean, just talk about, almost overnight. They drafted the dude, and the Bengals are, you know, they're a game away from going back to a Super Bowl again. You know, and. Um, You know, basically one dude did that. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys in the football field and everything, but man, that that everything changed when they drafted Joe Burrow. And I just, yeah, I just love the dude, man. And 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 you could see it in his face when, um, you know, Bills were at Cincinnati and Demar Hamlin went down, and you could see the level of concern. You could you could just see it in his face. He was kind of consoling Josh Allen, him, and and uh, you could see, dude, the guy's a genuine dude, man. by all accounts, everything that he's ever said that I've heard, it, 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 he seems like a genuine guy. He's just <laughs> immensely confident. And uh, from what his play on the field has said, he's got every right to be. So, you know, the dude's backed it up every step of the way. So what can you say, man?
0: Yeah, I got, I have no problem uh, with confidence. And, you know, it's one thing if you, if you don't back it up and you keep, I guarantee this, I guarantee that. But if you say it and you do it, um And given all the, you know, he's backed it up. So, and, you know, the thing to remember about all these players is they're people first, man. They're yeah. just like you, me, or the listeners. Um, they got families. They got parents. I know I've read articles, like, about his parents and the things they've done to go to his games. And they're just people. And, um, yes, eventually, you know, the – like anybody who becomes famous, there's more that goes on, and the money's bigger, and the the lights are brighter. But there's are still just people, I mean, you know, living life and uh, playing a game that we love. So more power to them all. Uh, yep. Let's jump into San Francisco and Dallas. Okay, here, why don't you lead off now. What are your takeaways from uh, that game? We're still not putting the brakes on San Francisco, I don't think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, you're right. But um they're in there I never thought they were going to lose to Dallas. I actually thought they were going to destroy Dallas, which you know, they didn't do on the scoreboard, but they sure made look Dak look silly.
0: Yeah, which, so this is that you know, again, uh, the stories uh which which uh Dan Prescott is it? The one uh of this game or the one from the week before. It's always the and I know the NFL loves to hype up these stories, I guess we do a little bit too, cause we're here. Um, you know, a week ago, wow, he was like, he had his best game of his career. Uh, all this other talking, he did in a lot of ways, but I'll tell you this, the game he played against San Francisco, uh, you know, would have me having a, just a little concerns about the team overall.
1: Yeah. Well, the, uh, you know, San Francisco's a really good defense, so they're going to make anybody struggle. But some of the things that he struggled on specifically weren't a result of San Francisco. I mean, he had opportunities to complete passes, you know, complete this throw. He had a one to Gallup that was, you know, uh, should have been a completed pass, man. And, and back, Dak was throwing behind guys. Dak was... Uh, errant with throws at times and no i understand maybe you get a little flustered you know i mean san francisco's defense is good i'm not i'm not saying that that didn't have anything to do with it but some of them are just strictly dak man that's just a bad throw man and- so
0: let's let's dive into this bad throw a little bit more um i'm curious again chris um can you give us a bit of a description at times i mean when when, when you can tell it's a quarterback having a bad throw um How far off can this be? Are we talking a couple feet, a couple yards? Like, whether it was this game or other games, give us some examples of just wildly bad throws you've seen in your NFL watching career. Yeah, I mean, well, it varies
1: all over the place. But, um, you know, basically... A real easy one, Kelly. Okay, so you got You got a a wide receiver running like a fly route or a nine route. He's just he's just sprinting straight down the field, and he blows by his defender. He's got three steps on him, which would translate into about let's say three four yards or something, right? And uh, man, you got you got a whole bunch of room. You know what I mean? You got you got the whole four yards back to the defender to work with. Plus, you got uh, you know another two or three yards in front. So you got a you know a, a pickup size uh area to land the ball in and be able to complete it if you miss that throw at the NFL level that's a bad throw man you have to complete that you guys don't get that open very often and so uh you know we when you miss something like that 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 would be a bad throw another one is, is and did
0: you see Prescott do that in this game
1: uh yeah um the uh uh I think it was the Gallup play well, he wasn't that he wasn't that far uh, out in front though. That, that that gap wasn't that big, so no, not the pickup size
0: miss. You know, where where you got
1: like an F one fifty size. Uh, but size enough that it's plainly
0: obvious, like wow, the quarterback just totally missed it.
1: Yeah, more more um more on the uh so the, another one that's real common is uh so you have guys that are crossing across the field, right? So you snap the ball and and guys will run you know, 7, 8, 10, 15 yards, and then they'll hang a, let's say, a left, okay? So they started on the right-hand side of the of the line, uh, of the the uh, line formation, and then at some point they're going to cut back across the field and the quarterback needs to hit them. They, uh, dig routes, drag routes, uh, and you're sometimes you run them at different levels, you know, 7 yards, 15 yards, 20 yards, whatever, man. But if the guy is open and, and there's nobody in front of him, if you hit him – uh either in the numbers or out in front of them and mind you these wide receivers have extra gears you know they can put it in third or fourth or fifth or whatever you know they, they can get they can get going if you lead them a little bit most good wide receivers can catch up they're not running at 100 percent capacity they're running at 80 you know or maybe 90 so they they can uh Take a couple steps and move quicker forward if they need to at at some point, and they can slow down a little bit to put the ball into a better position. And those are the kind of things where it was just like regularly, you know, passes to Lamb that were just like kind of behind him, and it's like, ah, now I got to twerk my bo- or, or tweak my body. I didn't, I never saw anyone twerking on the football field this past weekend, but I, I got to tweak my body. I got to spin around. I got to catch the ball, which slows me down significantly. Meanwhile, the defender and now additional defenders, because now the ball has been released, so everyone knows where it's going now. And so now other guys are coming. Plus, the guy who was guarding me to get, begin with is like, okay, the ball's coming here for sure. Well, now my receiver had to slow down. That gives time for everyone else to catch up, and it just it doesn't give you like a maximum yardage that you can get. Whereas if that ball had been thrown out in front. And that was stuff that he did on, on a pretty regular basis. And, and these, now sometimes you'll, Aaron Rodgers made like uh, extended Devontae Adams career and a lot of other guys too, because, you know, uh, so a guy's running that same route like I just described, Kelly, okay? He started on the right hand side of the formation, ran seven yards, and now he's running across the field. And the quarterback's job is to hit him in stride as best as possible. But occasionally the quarterback will see, like, oh, the safety's coming up. And uh, I don't want to run my guy right into a collision. So I will purposely throw the ball behind him a little bit, or I'll, I'll throw it in a manner that makes him slow down so that he doesn't get decapitated by a guy that he can't see right now, but I can. And so sometimes guys do that on purpose. And that's that's different, though. That's not a bad sure. throw. That's like protecting your guy. And, and good quarterbacks will do that all the time. Yeah. Um, this, these aren't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what there is no one in front of him. If he catches it, he gets to run for a mile. And instead, you threw it behind him, and he had to, like, you know, stop and fall down to catch the ball. And that's – and now, you know, the, the, the play's dead at that point. Speaking of – I don't know, man. I don't know where they go from here, Kelly, because uh, they can build a, a championship-caliber team with Dak as a quarterback. I do believe that. Dak is an above-average quarterback. And uh, I, I think he's – you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, something like that out of all quarterbacks in the league. He, he's better than average. He's he's good. But he's not great. So um, no, I put fine. him. You,
0: I put him in the top 15. He, But, again, he won't necessarily. So there's some quarterbacks who will go out and win you games. Uh, there's some that won't lose them. Uh, I put him somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, he's he's not the take it over, but he's more than just a a game manager. Um, speaking of uh, Dallas, though, and what they do, uh, are they going to be uh, going to see some new kickers in Dallas training camp? <laughs> was that
1: was that the most dramatic twenty-five yard field goal attempt in NFL history? I mean, dude, after getting the PAT blocked on the op- uh, on their first touchdown and by all accounts man everyone pretty much said you know it sure looked like that thing wasn't going to make it anyway it almost would have been better if they didn't block it because then he would have just straight missed it which i think would have really that would have just ended the kicking game entirely at that point but um anyway it was blocked so now you got after what happened last week or week before last you just got to be like oh my god what is going on right and uh so when he lines up for what was a, I think a twenty five yard, yard attempt, right. it's like everyone's holding their breath, like wondering what's going to happen. Like when was the last time you're like, I don't know about this one, on a twenty five yard field goal? Those things are ninety nine percenters, and uh, I think most of us felt like
0: it was like sixty forty the wrong way. Yeah, it's got to. There's got to be different things about being an NFL head coach that uh, uh, keep you up at night, or you know give you a uh, scare right in the game. And uh, when he had that field goal blocked and yes, uh, by all accounts, it was going to be no good anyway. You um, decided uh, to wonder what's going through Mike McCarthy's mind. Like, boy, maybe we should have brought some other kickers in this week. I mean, speaking of Mike McCarthy's mind, I, I think that guy's just like following butterflies
1: on the field some of the times, man. What, what? Now, San Francisco was the better football team, and – the, the kicking game of the Cowboys and the um, poor clock handling at the end again, which has just been Mike McCarthy's deal for his entire coaching career is not understanding. I swear what goes on, man, is, you know, they're like, hey, you know, it's, it's third down and, and uh, they don't get the first and the clock's running. And there's two minutes and 42 seconds left to go in the game. And I I think the other coaches go up to McCarthy and are like, hey, man, what do you want to do? You, you want to punt or you want to go for it? And Mike's like, what, it's, it's fourth down? Yeah, Mike, it's fourth down. R- right now? Yeah, it's fourth down right now, Mike. We got to decide. Are we going to punt or are we going to go for it? We're on our own 22. There's two minutes and 40, two minutes and 35, two minutes. Uh, um, I think we should punt, right, guys? Yeah, let's punt. Okay, punt team, where are you at? Get your helmets. Come on, get out on the field, guys. We're going to punt. Mike says punt. Okay. And then they slowly go out there, and and it's like, what are you guys doing, man? You know, you you need to already have that punt team, everybody else back, all the defensive guys back, everyone, punt team lined up right here next to me. If we don't get this first down, I want you guys to sprint onto that field and snap that ball as quick as you can and punt it away so we can get as many plays in before the two-minute warning as possible. And uh, it's just like so often it feels like McCarthy's like waiting for the mail to arrive to find out what the down and distance is. And then he slowly makes choices, you know, and, and they barely got a, uh, got it out. By the time the ball stopped, it was two minutes and five seconds. And, uh, you know, had that been after the two-minute warning, which it wasn't that far away from being, I'm another five seconds and it would have been after the two-minute warning. It's like, dude, you lose a whole clock stoppage. You're talking about wasting a timeout and 40 seconds. Cause you're not prepared for the situation at hand. And he does this all the time. And again, I don't think that was the deciding factor in the game by any means. I think the the Niners were just the better football team and, and they were going to win regardless. But those are the little things that separate you that you, you just cannot make those kinds of mistakes. Those, those are manageable mistakes. Those are avoidable mistakes that yeah, like the, he uh, just doesn't avoid.
0: I like the analogy of the male. Um, it's definitely not a new thing with the guy and I don't I don't know what's going on. Speaking of uh not impacting the game, what was the deal on the last play of that game? The We had uh number twenty one is ineligible. Oh yeah, uh <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott
1: uh snapped the play ball in the center. Yeah. I mean, it was just straight out of the, the schoolyard, dude. Um, yeah, and then obviously they were going to have some type of, you know, Stanford band play going, you know, the – the what do they call it? A pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. I love that from Scott Van Pelt, you know. Uh, and, you know, I, I had uh, – uh, San Francisco's defense, is, it, defense in a couple of like fantasy implications, playoff fantasy things, and I'm like, oh, here we go, baby. This is when you get that cheap touchdown late, <laughs> and uh, they start chucking the ball all over the place. Defensive guys, a lot of times, will end up with the ball and, and run it in as the clock expires for, for that nice defensive fantasy score right at the end, but um, What ended up really happening is they threw it. I think they threw it to Turpin, the uh, returner, and he just got blasted right from go. There was, like, nothing he could do. He caught it and got laid out immediately. So, but, yeah, uh, Zeke lined up at center
0: and uh, snapped the ball. Definitely uh, interesting times. So, now there's two, two games left before the Super Bowl, Chris. Yeah, let's let's dive in a little bit. Um, Give me your take. Philadelphia, San Francisco, what are you expecting? What are you looking for?
1: Well, I think this is going to be what I love about this one um, is this is a real like classic football matchup. I'm not talking about franchises. I'm talking about styles where uh, both of these teams play stellar defense. Both these teams are built strong up front, up the middle they have um good offensive lines versus what's going to be good defensive fronts on the opposite side it is going to be a really really fun game i think it's going to feel a little like the old steelers ravens games kind of feel um kind of the uh, alabama lsu it's going to be real good defense and you know both these offenses are good you know um Eagles have been one of the premier offenses all year. Uh, They showed that they're right on track with what they did to the Giants last week. But, you know, this is going to be an entirely different animal. You know, guys just aren't getting blown off the ball this week. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game, man, where two very similarly-minded, kind of uh, hard-nosed, win-in-the-trench-type built teams are, are going to face off against each other, and we'll just kind of see, you know, who's tougher. And uh, man, I, I don't know, dude. I, you know, you go skill positions. Um, you know, the the best defensive player on the field is probably Bosa, but you know, the two defenses side by side are really close. I'd probably give a slight edge to the 49ers. Uh, defensively. That their front and their their linebackers are unbelievable. Um, but their secondary is a little soft, man. And you can throw on them a little bit, you know? So, uh, you know, I think, I think Hertz is going to have to win this game with his arm. Now he'll run some and and the Eagles aren't going to like just abandon their identity by any means. Right. They're, they're a running football team and they'll run, but I think to win it, I think he's going to have to have success throwing it. And we'll just, you know, we'll have to see if he could do that. And then on the other side of the ball, I would say the same thing, you know, I think, well, man, uh, 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 Eli Mitchell and and McCaffrey are both a little banged up. But uh, running the ball against the Eagles is also going to be a challenge. So, you know, you got Hurts, the third-year starter who, you know, has really made huge strides and got himself in the MVP um, conversation with his play this year. And, and, you know, it looks like he's really turned a corner and is an elite – or at least playing at an elite level anyway. And then you got Brock Purdy, who hasn't made a single mistake and has never lost a game in the NFL. So – uh, which guy can, can make that one or two big plays, I think, is going to be the difference in the game.
0: There's one other guy, I think, that that's worth mentioning here, and that's George Kittle. Um, he had a big impact, I feel, in last Sunday's game, and he's really a dynamic tight end. I love the describe of uh, one of the announcers. It's like, you know, George Kittle, you know, he decides, oh, I'll knock a few guys down as the tight end, and then I'll go out and catch a pass and run a few yards.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't love George Kittle, at least the way he plays the football. I mean, he just loves being out there. Um, you know, he puts his body at risk all the time, but that's kind of what you love about the guy. And that's that's what, for me personally, I love about the the 49ers organization. You know, this is who they are. And, you know, they talk about uh, having an, an identity and um, having a team having an identity, having an organization having an identity. and. You know, I guarantee you when these guys uh, are in the film room, man, they, they focus on their blocking. These guys take pride in their blocking, and they're expected to block. You know, a guy like Brandon Ayuk on almost any other team in the league would not be expected to to have the duties that he has being a 49er wide receiver. And, I mean, he has to take on linebackers, man. He has to crack back against huge men. And he's expected to, to – you know, he's not expected to blow people up, but you got to get in his way, dude. I need you to seal here. So McCaffrey can run by and it's your job to get in there and hit that 245 pound middle linebacker, at least hit him enough to where he can't tackle McCaffrey. And you can just see, uh, George Kittle is the epitome of this. He loves it, man. I mean, you can just see it. He, I think he likes blocking better than he likes catching balls. I really do, man. He just gets up so pumped up when he has a good block. And, uh, He's just a, he's just a fun to watch man. He's a joy to watch, dude. And and you couldn't ask for a better football player to be on your team, I think, than George Kittle.
0: All right, it's decision time, Chris. Where are you taking?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm picking with my head, I think I think it's the Eagles, dude. Um you know, I, I kind of been on the uh the forty I mean, I like them both, man. I mean, you know, this is a really tough game, Kelly. I do think it's going to be low scoring. Now, I know both these offenses can score. Shanahan's a brilliant offensive mind. I mean, both of these teams put up points. But I don't think either of these teams have seen a defense like they're about to see. So, And and I do think they'll play it kind of close to the vest. I think both coaches believe in their defenses. I think if um, push game to shove and they're at like the 40-something, 40, 40 I think they'll lean towards – uh going for the punt as opposed to going for it on fourth down just knowing that they have a good defense and knowing that the other team also is good you know and and we don't want to give up field position so I think by that alone I think there'll be two or three decisions in the game that uh, maybe you pass on a long field goal in, in exchange for field position you know maybe you pass on a fourth down and two in exchange for field position things like that and I think that'll suppress the scoring um, but if I, you know, if you ask me to pick a team, I think I'm just leaning the Eagles, dude. But it, I mean, it is it is so tight, Kelly. I mean, both these teams are are very evenly matched. It's going to come down. I'll tell you what. If there's turnovers, that that will 100 percent be the difference. If 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 there's turnovers in this game, the team that wins a turnover battle is going to win that football game. I think because I, I think they're too close otherwise.
0: What's I'll just take, say ben? it's Who gotten like? it's gotten more interesting for me. Uh, go back and listen to a week ago. I know I was all hot on san francisco and saying they had the best thing going in the playoffs to the point that you told me wait a minute put a little brakes on um uh i can't go away from that although i'm going to tell you philadelphia with what i saw on uh last week uh they certainly made it made it more interesting and thought-provoking for me um i'm still going to go with san francisco i tend to think like you it's going to be low scoring Um, If it goes the other way and it becomes a shootout, it wouldn't surprise me entirely. But these are two of the better defenses um, uh, that are going not just this year, but, I mean, for a while. And really... Uh, at least what I saw last week, Philadelphia's back to form. And if you would have asked me before they had their little kind of put it in neutral or coast for a while because of injuries and everything, I would have definitely picked Philadelphia over San Francisco. Um, uh, uh, San Francisco's got one other secret weapon of sorts, uh, namely Robbie Gould. Uh, uh, yeah, that guy's uh, money. He's like the anti anti <laughs> Um, You know, so... Um, I'm going to go with San Francisco here, Chris.
1: All right. I mean, there we go. We, we uh, we'll see. Uh, all right. Let's jump to the next one, man. Which you know we can dive back into the Mahomes ankle thing again. Um, even with all that said, now I th- I'll just well I'll, I'll save it for the end. But I think from my comments, you'll know which way I'm leaning pretty quickly. Um, I do believe Mahomes' mobility or lack thereof is is devastating to the Chiefs. I I, I just think. It's probably, in the playoffs, okay, in the regular season, Mahomes isn't, isn't taking off and running very much. But in the playoffs, when everything's on the line, that guy's probably good for four to six first downs by himself. He's going to run for, let's say, five first downs in the game. Extend drives, you know, very, very likely might even run for a touchdown under normal circumstances, right? So his willingness to take off and run uh, would be at its peak in this game and uh you know the you know week 7 against the you know Ravens maybe not but now with the with the Super Bowl trip on the line he would but now he can't and so you take away five or six first downs from them and even just the threat and and the Bengals defense has been playing lights out dude uh they were all over Josh Allen like every single play and Kansas City's got a really good offensive line i mean they are they're, they're you know they're they're fine but the Bengals defense is playing really good. I mean, probably the least talked about good defense uh, over the last month or so. So, um, you know, and then offensively, I just think the Bengals uh, have it all, man. I mean, they got P. Ryan and Mixon. Both can run with power, both can catch the ball. Um, they're not, you know, Austin Eckler's out there catching the ball, but they, they don't drop many balls, and they're good with it after they get in their hands, and they can run with power. So uh, you couple that with what Burrow's doing, throwing the ball, it's just a really tough offense to stop, man.
0: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I told you when we started the playoffs that my Super Bowl picks were uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati. I think I, I w- even had Mahomes not been hurt, I still would be picking Cincinnati over Kansas City. I think with his ankle, unless there's something dramatic that happens this week when he comes out on Sunday. I think that uh, the game is definitely going to Cincinnati. Um, they've just lost an element of mobility at the obviously very wrong time. And I think even though uh, Kansas City's got a good offensive line, you can guarantee that um, the word in the defensive Uh, line room in particular in Cincinnati this week is just go after Mahomes because he can't move so even if he doesn't get sacked it's going to force him he's going to lose time that he normally had to find open receivers because he won't be able to move and get that extra second of mobility that he normally gets with his legs to find somebody open downfield and I think that between that and what you talked about with the running uh, you know a few first downs away. That's a few, few, fewer pass completions, um, and I don't like to, see, you know, I don't like to see a guy get hurt. Uh, no, I mean nobody,
1: um, nobody wanted him to be hurt because this, this game uh, was shaping up to be epic, and uh, you know it's just unfortunate. I mean we'll see. Maybe it still will be, and maybe and, we'll uh, be talking about how impressive he is. Uh, uh,
0: he, he's still got a lot in the tank to give, but I, I just, I mean, you know, I do think. I do think it's Cincinnati over uh, Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, too. I, I just think they're the better football team. Uh, I think they're equal to begin with. I mean, they've won three straight against them, So, I, but I think they're equal teams to begin with. Um, and then, you know, with Kansas City being at home, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe Kansas City just has the ever so slight edge. But then with the Mahomes, it's like, okay, well, now let's take three steps back. Dude, all I, I and I don't mean this to be dirty or anything. Um, I think this is you know just a strategic, you know what I would do if I was the defensive coordinator for the Bengals is I'm sending them right up the middle right from go. Well,
0: That's what, what I'm know, saying. First, first
1: yeah. quarter, I'm sending middle linebacker blitzes. I'm running safety blitzes, and I'm blitzing them up the middle so that I'm forcing Mahomes to to sprint to his right or his left to get away. I'm making that guy run right from go, dude. You're gonna have to take off and run immediately and even if you burn us you know if you he's got a, a 70 yard arm you know the guy the guy threw a laser uh my friend's kid aj was talking uh to him and i was talking to my buddy ed uh you've heard me mention and he said aj was just like how is that even possible mahomes threw a pass uh where he wasn't even on the ground you know what i mean he jumped up in the air and then just rifled a laser 20 yards you know while he's floating in the air and it's like not a lot of guys have an arm. That can that can throw a laser for for twenty yards with a football, with not, without even having their feet on the ground. I mean that's just that's incredible. And so Mahomes does have that kind of skill, but I think from the Bengals' standpoint, I think you you live with that. You know, so if Mahomes can burn us, you know, on on a fly pattern and and uh, you know get us for a touchdown early or something, so be it or a big play or something, we'll live with that. But let's make him run, for for the at least for the first quarter, we're sending blitzes right up the gut, and we're gonna make him. Just run, just you' just gotta run side to side for a while, you know for for fifteen minutes of the game, and then we'll see how that ankle's holding up come come second quarter and second half.,
0: I think if they don't do that early on, then i, I you know I think that would be foolish because you're gonna find out what, where that ankle is pretty quick, and like I said, uh all medical signs, at least from what I've read and heard so far would say that that mobility's gone, so now if he if he can't move again, you're gonna force him to do one of two things. Well, really, one of three things, ultimately. But I think one is not going to be possible. One, run right to left a little, get that mobility. Maybe he'll do it, but I think we're going to find out very early on whether that's possible or not. Two, take a sack. Like you know, obviously you don't want that. Or three, throw the ball earlier than normal normally would. So you know, that means that the guys are uh, able to get less open. They're less downfield, and I think. If I'm the defensive coordinator, I mean, it's tackle football, man. Um, And everybody that's on the field knows, I mean, this is the reality. Um, I'm bringing guys uh, as quickly as I can straight up towards him and because he has got to show me that he can still be elusive or what he's going to do now that he's not, more so than me worrying about, Oh, he's so elusive. I can't afford to keep as many people uh, back playing the defense because he's going to throw, right? I'm going to test him more than he's going to test me early on.
1: Yeah. And the one thing I will say that, um, you know, gives me hope for this game being competitive that, um, you know, would cause me to kind of pump my brakes on on being, you know, all Bengals all the time on this one is Andy Reid. They know this going in. And, you know, this isn't uh, new information. Um, So Andy Reid is about as brilliant uh, an offensive mind as as the league has ever had. And I think knowing he knows Mahomes, he he understands the limitations that are available. So I think if you present Andy Reid with, okay, here's what you got. Here's the tools you have to work with, Andy. Okay, so you have, you know, an all-world uh, tight end, still he's perfectly fine. You can use him. You got a running game. Pacheco has um, shown himself to be very effective running the football. Uh, McKenna can catch the ball out of the backfield. You have everything else at your disposal that you've had every year, but your your quarterback is not going to be able to move. He's going to be a statue back there. You know, maybe a little bit. He can move a little bit, man, but he ain't doing a lot. And so I think if you present all this to Andy, and then you give him eight days, and say, "Okay, here, here's here's all you here's the tools you have at your disposal, Mr. Reed. Um, here's your limitations. Here's the things that you can't do um, for, for for these you know because of things that have happened. But uh, here's all the things you can't." I think Andy Reed will come in with an excellent plan. I think he'll have. Uh, you know, contingencies in place, and then not to mention, I mean, you know, I think Mahomes will just play the game, but you never know, man. The guy went in with a really bad injury, one more hit like that, and that guy I, I can't imagine what that would feel like, dude. You, you ever twisted an ankle while it was sprained? I mean, that is the I don't care how much Demerol or, or whatever you're gonna shoot into him, dude. If, if he takes another t- kind of twist like that at any point in the game, I don't know if he'll be able to come back in, so uh. They do have Henny, who's perfectly capable. You know, first play when he came in, he, he threw. They threw the ball on on the first play of Henny's. Uh, uh, you know, when he when he came in in relief. So um, that's the one thing the Chiefs have been there. I do believe the rest of the team. You kind of get that, like, hey, let you know, let's rise up. We got to pick up our, our boys. No, I think they were going to be as high as they could be anyway. I think they were all going to be playing at max. Capability anyway, because, you know, it's you're talking about uh, AFC championship game. Right. So, you know, nobody was going to be showing up thinking like, oh, yeah, we got this one in the bag. Everyone was going to be trying their hardest to begin with. But, you know, sometimes, man, you see that when when a guy gets hurt, everybody else around him, you know, raises their game to the highest possible level to pick up that slack. And so I do think the Chiefs can keep it competitive. I do think I, I, you know what I think, Kelly. I think this game is going to be very similar to the Jacksonville Chiefs game. And uh, but you know now the Chiefs are on the other side. I think they're they're going to be trying their best and trying to keep up. And I think we're going to look at watch this game and think, man, the Bengals are just better. The Chiefs are going to need some type of break, some type of tip ball interception, some type of. You know, a uh, thing to go their way, block field goal. Like, I think we're going to have a feeling like, okay, the Bengals are the better team. The Chiefs kind of need, like, not a miracle necessarily, but they're, they're going to need, like, a, a break for to win this game because the Bengals are better. And I think that's how this game's going to play out.
0: Yeah, I don't definitely do not think this is going to be, like, all Cincinnati all day long. I think it's still going to be a competitive game. Um, and I don't know that there's anybody better than Andy Reid coming up with uh, creative plays in general. And he probably, um, you know, obviously probably doesn't wish it happened, but uh, there's probably part of him that likes the challenge of, okay, I got some new wrinkles. Um, What do I put into my little chemistry experiment now and what comes out? Um, He I've seen that many times where he comes up with uh, interesting plays and things of that nature. And uh again i can't discount emotion um that's going to keep it close but uh you know say uh, cincinnati is again both of these teams and all four of these teams i mean you know it's it's one step away from the super bowl man um and obviously then when you get there it's one step away from victory so i think everybody's going to be uh on their highest level of execution and these every one of these teams even with a player you know hurt still has the ability to execute uh at a very high level um you know and a lot of potential interesting stories i'll tell you on the san francisco side uh what a story that would be if you know uh last round of the pick in the draft ends up starting in the Super Bowl tell me Hollywood wouldn't sign up for that movie
1: yeah I mean all the all of these teams have a story and that's probably the one that stands out the most you know the Brock Purdy story but you know Jalen Hurts who had been written off for dead um you know get him out of here he's you know never gonna make it as an NFL quarterback what are the Eagles gonna do uh The uh, Mahomes' ankle, I mean, obviously the Chiefs have been great, but you know with Mahomes being hurt, if they were able to get there, that's a crazy story. Um, The Bengals getting back, you know, back-to-back years. Uh, And, I mean, I I just know I looked at the lines for the Super Bowl, basically the future odds for these, and I can never remember a time where the odds were tighter than they are. Basically, Vegas is saying, yep, all four of these teams are equal to each other. A, A slight edge to Philly. Um, and a slight edge to the Bengals at this point after the Mahomes, um, you know, ankle thing. But even still, you're talking like plus 300, plus 280, plus 260. These these teams are all like straight across the board. Vegas is saying like, yeah, I don't, we don't know who's going to win this thing. It could be any one of the four of them.
0: Yeah, I think it's what I like. Uh, again, so my team obviously the Packers isn't in it, so I don't have the emotional tie to any of the teams. But they all they all have compelling stories. I think that make it interesting as a fan. Uh, no real villain for me here, if you will. Um, looking forward to these games, and then whoever does get into the Super Bowl, I can uh, find them all good. Yeah,
1: and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I was on the Bills all year, you know, and uh, I really thought that, that they were going to, you know, because you see this all the time, and this is kind of the thing that we were talking about with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, where it's like, ah, you know, you, you got to kind of grind, through the process a little bit, every once in a while, someone will just come out of nowhere. That absolutely happens in sports where like TCU this year, right? Uh, it just happens, man, where a team gets a magical season and and runs deep and, um, But more often, you got to go through the process, man. It's step one, step two, step three. You got you got to win your division, or you got to get to the playoffs. Then you got to lose in the in a championship game. Then maybe you got to do that again. Then you got to get to a Super Bowl, and then maybe you get to win a Super Bowl, and and on and on, right? And I just feel like the Bills had paid all their dues. They checked all the boxes except for winning a Super Bowl, and I was kind of on them. But but um, the way the Bengals handled the um damar hamlin situation the way that franchise responded the right way and, and saved that man's life and and um kind of took it in the shorts man i mean they, they they got the shortest end of the stick on that deal you know they, by all rights they're like hey man you know why why don't we get to play the chiefs on a neutral field hey why did we have to go to buffalo to play you know what i mean like man feels like we got kind of got jobbed in this you're talking about if we lose the ravens we got to flip a coin even though we got the better record like boy, you guys really didn't, like, do the Bengals any favors. And so, um, you know, I I just uh, – I'm, I'm on them from this point. I, I just feel like I, – I love Joe Burrow. I just love the way he carries himself. And uh, I don't have a villain either. Um, I, lo- I mean, you've heard me talk about Andy Reid, the way I feel about him. I, I just think he's amazing. I think he's just a genuine, awesome dude and a great football coach. But the Chiefs have been there a bunch. And so, anyway, if I had to pick a horse from this point, my, my horse would be the Bengals.
0: Yeah, well, I, I've got my two still going, and I'm going to wait to declare a winner in the Super Bowl so we see who's there. I'm going to stick with my San Francisco and Cincinnati pick uh, until forced to change. But uh, definitely looking forward to this week and this Sunday, a couple of good games. And uh, looking forward to chatting with you again next week, Chris. And thanks again, as always, to our listeners for... Uh, Uh, sharing their time with us and chris for uh sharing your time with me and our again entertaining conversations
1: yeah i love it kelly man I, i i can't wait to see how these games turn out and get back with you next week bud